Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. From KQED. Good morning. This is the California Report. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. This morning, we start with sports. While they may have lost both regular season games to San Francisco, the Los Angeles Rams got their revenge on the 49ers yesterday, winning a nail-biter 20-17 to advance to the Super Bowl on February 13th against the Cincinnati Bengals. The game was tied late into the fourth quarter when Rams quarterback Matthew Stafford led Los Angeles on a 10-play drive to get them in field goal range. One of the biggest completions was to Stafford's favorite target, Cooper Cup. Here's Joe Buck with a call on Fox Sports. Stafford throws, pass caught, Cup! Still rumbling! Cup down to the 12. Matt Gay kicked a 30-yard field goal to put L.A. in front. The Niners would have one more chance, but the Rams' defense stepped up. Here's Joe Buck again. Garoppolo under pressure. Donald got there in the air intercepted by the Rams and they may ride to the Super Bowl on that Stafford was one of the major acquisitions by the Rams before this season and he's heading to his first Super Bowl he was asked after the game about what it means to be playing for the championship long time coming you know spent a lot of years in this league and and I've loved every minute of it you know I feel blessed to be able to play in this league for as long as I have but I sure am happy for this opportunity And the Rams won't have to travel far for the Super Bowl, as it'll be held at their home field, SoFi Stadium in Inglewood. Just last year, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers won the Super Bowl in their own stadium. That was the first time that's happened in NFL history. A bill that would create a government-run single-payer health care system in California goes before the full state assembly today for a vote. KQED's health correspondent April Domboski reports. The bill is a work in progress. There are still a lot of unanswered questions about how this plan will work. Questions about how to pay for the new system, how it may affect quality, how doctors will make their decisions. Assembly members will have to vote today with the hope that their colleagues in the Senate will answer some of these questions. It's a vote of faith. In other ways, the vote is a test. The bill is sponsored by California's powerful nurses union. Single payer has been their passion for a long time. It's possible this vote is a way for them to see which California lawmakers are willing to take a public stand on the idea in general. For The California Report, I'm April Domboski. Hi, I'm Sasha Koka, host of The California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse, golden state. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. 
Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. State investigators found a company with Burger King franchises in San Francisco owes nearly $2 million for wage theft. But that was a year and a half ago, and workers are still waiting for their money because the state hasn't scheduled a hearing to finalize their case. KQED's Farida Javala Romero reports thousands more low-wage Californians are also hurt by delays just like this one. Back in June of 2020, the Labor Commissioner's Office cited a California company called Golden Gate Restaurant Group for failing to pay minimum wage overtime, meal and rest breaks to more than 230 of its employees. One of them was Sonia Crisostomo. She worked as a cashier and prep cook at one of the Burger Kings the company operated. I met her outside the downtown office building where she now works cleaning conference rooms. We sat down in the lobby and Crisostomo told me her Burger King paycheck was often short. She complained to managers, but nothing changed. Still, she stayed for three years. As a single mom, she needed the job to pay rent. I tried reaching Golden Gate's CEO, but he did not return my emails or calls. The company appealed the fines, and it has the right to a hearing at the Labor Commissioner's office. But it's been almost 19 months, and that hearing hasn't even been scheduled. The problem is the longer the case drags on, the harder it can be for people like Crisostomo to recover their wages. She's owed more than $38,000. That's money she needed when she was unemployed during the pandemic. Instead, she relied on a food bank to feed her family. Muy injusto que el Estado no... She says it's unfair that the state is not moving faster to make her old employer follow the law. If workers have rights, she says, they should be enforced. Meanwhile, Golden Gate is taking advantage of the delay, says Alex Campbell, with Legal Aid at Work. He represents these workers. The company that did this to them has been starting to move assets around and shut down restaurants in San Francisco and um, is potentially making moves to avoid payment altogether. Advocates say other large cases are languishing for years without a hearing at the labor commissioners. And they say the backlog has gotten worse during the pandemic. In L.A., investigators cited a construction company for $12 million. More than 1,000 workers in that case have been waiting nearly three years to get paid. In San Diego and Orange counties, 560 janitors are owed $4 million. They've waited three and a half years. That's unacceptable, says State Senator Dave Cortesi. He chairs the Senate Labor Committee. Government should be stepping in and policing these employers that are that are ripping people off, and, and it's not happening, and, and that causes real pain. 
the labor commissioner declined several requests for an interview and would not explain why hearings are delayed. But the agency has just 64 hearing officers statewide. They judge appeals on big wage theft investigations like the Burger King case and many of the 30,000 claims individuals file each year. Rene Amador is the legal director at Maintenance Cooperation Trust Fund, a janitorial industry watchdog group. They have way more cases than one person should be assigned, but it's because they don't have enough hearing officers. The labor commissioner has hired more staff after the legislature recently increased its budget. But State Senator Cortesi says the agency remains inefficient. This has been the case over the years with labor commissioners. This is not a new problem. And, and that usually means, you know, the entire culture of the operation needs to be addressed and, and revisited and restructured. He plans to hold committee hearings under the delays. For the California Report, I'm Farida Javala Romero. For the rest of the show, let's turn to California's housing crisis and one controversial remedy to it. This year, Senate Bill 9, or SB 9, became law in California. It seeks to create more housing in the state by allowing the building of up to four dwelling units on residential parcels of land that are now exclusively zoned for single-family homes. Housing advocates cheered SB 9's passage as a way to get more housing built in the state, but many city leaders and homeowner groups say it steps on local zoning authority and could destroy the look and feel and property values of single-family home neighborhoods across California. To see what the SB9 debate looks like, we went to one city. So I'm in Pasadena, specifically in its Madison Heights neighborhood. Not far from the Caltech campus, this part of the city is filled with gracious, exquisitely maintained single-family homes, many more than a century old. Taken together, the entire place exudes tasteful curb appeal. I'm here to meet Glenn Kamhai, secretary of the Madison Heights Neighborhood Association, who's resided here for more than 20 years and loves it. It's wonderful. I mean, the reason I moved here was because of the historic architecture and the tree-lined streets. It's just a beautiful place. It's like walking through art. But Kamhai believes his artful Pasadena neighborhood is threatened by what SB9 now allows, the building of multiple housing units on properties that have been zoned for single-family homes. The issue with SB9 is that it allows the demolition of any home to split a lot and add units. And we have a dwindling and finite resource here, which is, as I said, the, the beautiful, historic, and historically significant architecture. And that's my really primary concern in my neighborhood. In response, Cam High is organizing a campaign to have Madison Heights declared a historic neighborhood, where SB9 zoning rules wouldn't apply. Lots of homeowners in Madison Heights have put up yard signs supporting the campaign. And they have a high-profile ally in City Hall. I think cities like Pasadena should challenge SB9. That's Pasadena Mayor Victor Gordo. Like other local leaders across the state, Mayor Gordo believes SB9 is a heavy-handed response by Sacramento to the state's housing crisis, one that imposes a one-size-fits-all statewide solution to zoning and housing issues that the mayor says should stay in local hands. SB9 is simply a land grab. Um, that's going to have a tremendous impact on the quality of life for the people of Pasadena. 
But there are people in Pasadena who believe that if it can create more housing, SB9 is just what the city of 140,000 residents needs. After all, the median home price in Pasadena is now well over a million dollars. And good luck finding an apartment to rent for under a couple of thousand dollars a month. We are facing an incredible crisis because of soaring housing prices. So how are these people able to afford to live in our city. They're doubling and tripling up in apartments. That's Anthony Minusis. He and his partner, Jill Shook, are longtime affordable housing advocates in Pasadena, with their activism grounded in their Quaker religious beliefs. They say SB9 offers a modest, but still important way to help create more housing for working Pasadenans. Well, I support it because I think it'll create homes that are a little bit less expensive and it could be more affordable to what we call the missing middle, people who are teachers, city workers. So I see SB9 as meeting the need of a very important sector of our community, the middle class. As for grassroots opposition to SB9, Anthony's partner Jill Shook thinks the rhetoric attacking it is overblown, and she believes it's possible for more housing to be built in California's single-family home neighborhoods, including her own, without destroying neighborhood charm and character. No one has ever really liked change. It's always hard to, to adjust to new things. But in the end of the day, we often embrace it and we're, we're thrilled for it. You know, coming from a spiritual place, you know, we can't take our home with us to heaven, you know. And, and it's what we do and how we treat our neighbor, this side of heaven, that matters. Now that SB9 is law, some cities, like Palo Alto, have already received their first applications from builders to start constructing units in single-family home neighborhoods. The city of Pasadena is still waiting for its first application. And that is the California Report for Monday, January 31st. We are a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm Saul Gonzalez. Thanks so much for listening, and have a good day. Support for the California Report comes from the California Healthcare Foundation, working to build a more effective, compassionate, and just healthcare system. On the web at chcf.org/health-equity. Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy includes Schmidt Futures, focused on finding exceptional people and helping them do more for others together. On the web at schmidtfutures.com. And hint. Fruit-infused water in over 25 flavors like watermelon, pineapple, and blackberry. No sweeteners, no calories, in stores or delivered from drinkhint.com. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio. It was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support.